0: Welcome everybody into Four Downs. This is Eric McKinney, joined by Greg Katz. Greg, we're looking at number five USC on the road for the first time this season, going out to Tempe to take on an Arizona State program that is hurting, but both ways, right? Literally, figuratively, any way that you want to take that. Uh, injuries mounting up, coming off a, a shutout, home loss, to Fresno State head coach Kenning Dillingham in his first year there is dealing with it and he's he's being positive stay the course we're going you know we we've got a vision uh i cannot imagine this is the team that he wants coming in to Arizona State right now to take on his team but we'll jump into it again four downs let's start with our first down and and that throwing at you the first thing the one thing that you are going to be watching when that USC offense is on the field against that Arizona state defense.
1: How quickly they score and how quickly they score again and again and again, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that's kind of what they did against Stanford. You had one little hiccup early in that game. And then it was just minute long, minute and a half long drives over and over and over uh, so you see, you see, SC's offense just rolling up points in this. You game.
1: know, I, I, you know, I mean, if, if they don't build up a fourteen nothing lead in the first quarter, I'll be scratching my head. I mean, I think maybe probably twenty one is probably at least for one quarter. But you know, it's gonna be how long they're gonna keep uh, Caleb in there. <clears throat> you know, you're gonna have this game on television, right? So everybody's gonna be looking, and it's kind of a juggling game. How long do you keep him in so that he's in the running for the Heisman? You hate to look at it from an individual standpoint, but, you know, it all seems to blend together. So, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting game to see how SC approaches it. Now I think it's the first road game. They're expecting, I guess, a sellout now. That seems to be the word coming from Arizona. Yeah. I guess it's family, uh, family uh, reunion time there. One of their big you know, celebrations with uh, kids and their parents. So, you know it it'll, it'll be a fun and let's face it right now USC is number 5 in the country Caleb Williams that's that's quite an attraction even if a team isn't doing well uh you know it's kind of like okay let's see if we can just hang in there quarter by quarter but that SC offense is going to be really difficult for Arizona State to deal with i, I don't think there's going to be any argument about that
0: yeah i'm going to i'm going to sort of be repetitive with what we've talked about in this show the the last few weeks uh when we've done this and, and that's the USC offensive line. You saw against Stanford that they they locked in that starting group. And I and I know Mason Murphy is still kind of hanging out there as that sort of plus one right tackle. He'll come in with the the rest of the starters, but Emmanuel Pregnant at, at left guard, Jared Kingston at right guard, that was the first game against Stanford where they took every significant, important first team snap all the way through the first half. I don't think it's a major surprise that that's the best that the USC offensive line has looked this season. And, and the coaches talked about that. How do you follow it up? Right now, you take your game on the road. That's where you win road games on the offensive line, controlling the game, all of that. Do they look as good as they did against Stanford in now this situation where, again, it's not – it's not Washington. It's not at Notre Dame. It's not some of those games that again, we will get to later on, but this Arizona State defense, I know, I know Arizona State has become a little bit of a joke because of that quarterback situation and because of the points they haven't scored, uh, recently, but the defense is okay. Like it's, it's the defensive front, all of that. It'll test USC a little bit. So does that offensive line for USC come out and just take control of the game the way it did against Stanford two weeks ago. I think that'll be key because you go back to last year, technically Stanford was the first road trip, but that was at best a neutral site. It it felt even like a USC home game just in terms of the crowd. The first time USC got really tested with crowd noise was at Oregon state. And we remember kind of offensively what happened in that game. So it'll be interesting to see if that offensive line can kind of put that to bed, dominate early, like you said, run up point point after point touchdown after touchdown uh, early on in this one. You
1: no, know, I think one point I, I want to I'd like to make if I could, this is according to the players now that were interviewed, they seem to like the idea of going on the road and playing. They like being the villain, and there's nothing like coming out for warmups and getting booed. That will that will fire them up, and their whole idea is we're going to shut this crowd up. And they're going to be into it because, A, road game, but, B, they're the bad guys now. They're the hunter, uh, you know, or I should say they're the hunted as opposed to being the hunter. Uh, So I I want to see how they react to that. I I think it's going to be favorable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've certainly said all the right things and and seemed prepared for it. You had an extra week now with the bye to to get set for that. Let's go to our second down, and we're going to flip sides of the ball here. Greg, the one thing you're watching when that USC defense goes out on the field against the Arizona State offense?
1: Well, it's going to be interesting because we know that Drew Pine, who played against USC last year for Notre Dame, actually didn't have a bad game. The score wasn't good, but I think he threw for over 300 yards and had three touchdowns one interception. Uh, so I think he's going to definitely should keep SC on their toes. I think that maybe the scary part is, well, one thing, you now you've got uh, – uh, Kenny Dillingham calling the plays. Now, if that isn't a pushing the panic button, what is? I mean, if I was his offensive coordinator, I'd go, we're only into like the third game and I'm already getting yanked. It's like Clayton Kershaw going out in the second inning,
0: right? Well, you've also seen, I mean, the offense, they scored 24 points, 15 points, zero points. So so I understand a little bit, hey, that that's the wrong way that we're going offensively. Oh,
1: that's Well, I mean, Kenny Dillingham is supposed to be this boy genius, right? Youngest coach in what FBS football. Uh, he certainly doesn't want to get a stain going, oh, my God, I lost it already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think what's going to happen is you're going to have a veteran quarterback, right, who's used to playing USC. You're going to have a coach who's, you know, was very successful at Oregon, and they think they'll be competitive. And they're going to take it quarter by quarter. Question is, is what happens when SC keeps scoring and scoring, do they feel panicked offensively to try to stay in it? You know, Kenny Dillingham said this week, we're going to do what we do. We're not going to change anything. I mean, he'll change it because he's the he's calling the plays. So we'll see how much that matters. But I think in the end, uh, it makes for, at least in the first half, an interesting, uh, you know, conundrum. Are they going to be that good with Kenny Dillingham and Payne a quarterback? We'll see.
0: Yeah, I'm going to look. And you specifically at the USC stuff, that inside linebacker, Mason Cobb has missed the last two games. He came in as kind of the, the clear starter leader right there at, at middle linebacker. Uh, it sounds like kind of no hesitation with him, no limitations or anything. We'll see kind of what he looks like coming back into it. You know, he's fired up to get back on the field. That, that kid just wants to play football. All the time, 24 hours a day, he's ready to go. So what does that group look like? Because you had you you know Eric Gentry is deserving of reps. You've seen Shane Lee be deserving of reps, Ray John Davis, and and the coaches really seems like they really want to keep pushing Tacka Curtis in there to get him to come along as quickly as possible. You've got five guys. What does that rotation look like? Who do you trust? And I thought it was interesting that Lincoln Riley said, Yeah, it's important for one guy there to play well, to do all his stuff, right. But those positions work hand in hand so much that you also need to find the best duo at those two spots. So who works together with, with guys, how does that rotation work? I think that to me is kind of the most interesting spot to get figured out uh in terms of who, who do the coaches really want to rely on? Who's playing well, who gets the snaps and how do you keep guys kind of involved when again, there's two spots, and I think we both agree, like five guys deserving of playing some time. So that those two spots to me are are really interesting. Again, in this game where you assume going in, Arizona State. I mean, you look at down to nine nine offensive linemen that are healthy, and and maybe one of those guys isn't even available for the game. A game time decision there down to two quarterbacks like they, it, it was tough for them to put practices together this week just in terms of the body so you assume the usc defense has a huge advantage at at every level at every position so that internal thing for usc how that inside linebacker position uh how that plays out i, I think is going to be really interesting to watch in this one Let's go to our third down and uh, third downs, as always, brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports. Just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. Go to PrizePicks.com or download the app. Enter promo code SC. Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. So that's you select two to six players. You can win twenty five times your money on any entry. Uh, again, that's prizepicks.com promo code SC. Greg, let's take a look uh at what we went with here this week. And a couple couple selections here. Um I had Marsha I got Marshawn Lloyd finding finding success on the ground. I've got him more than 0.5 rush touchdowns. So basically just calling that he's he's going to score one rushing touchdown. And this was may maybe a heart overhead pick drew pine at less than 167.5 i thought the 167 number was interesting that's what jaden rashada threw for 167 yards against oklahoma state when he went the whole way against oklahoma state 167 yards uh there now the collection of 3 arizona state quarterbacks that threw five interceptions and kind of tripped all over themselves with injury and scored zero points against Fresno State. They threw for, I believe, 188. So the 167 is going to be, keeping him to less than that is going to be work for the USC defense. But Pine is dealing with that, whatever that muscle injury is. uh, I don't know if if, again, the, the Arizona State offensive line, if they are letting USC's defensive line, which feels healthy and motivated and all of that stuff right now, if they are teeing off on Pine, I don't know if you let him go the whole game and certainly don't let him just sit in the in the backfield and take shots. I don't know. Right, what what do you think about those numbers?
1: Well, I, I think that I, I, I agree with what you're saying, although I do think that Pine could throw for over 160. And I tell you why. 'Cause he threw for over hundred or three hundred last time. He knows Grinch's defense. He's he's already gone against it. Mm-hmm. What he doesn't know is how much improved that the SC defensive line is in the rush. And let's not forget the Tyrone Tallini is coming back, who is really a can be a force uh and add to support. They've got some depth there now with Tolini. And uh really I I it'd be interesting to see I hate to, to go back, but how Kenny Dillingham actually calls his game, how he, you know, how many rollouts is he, is he going to test SC on the, on the edges, right? So he gets out a little bit in space and looks downfield. I think it's a real test, at least uh, for that number passing. Uh, what's going to happen with the SC corners? I think we all could agree that they're a question mark, even though it's Arizona state. Uh, it's a little frightening when you think about Washington, a little frightening when you think about Notre Dame, But they're neither, you know, Arizona State's not Notre Dame or Washington. But the point is, is uh, I think he's going to throw for more than 167 yards. In my opinion, Uh, I think they'll try to keep him in the game. as long. The other guys are really hurt, and he's the least of the hurt. uh, They'll go with him as long as they can. Uh, And Essie will try to turn him into a pinata.
0: Yeah, and I wonder if because of that, you just hand it off and try to get out of there. You try, you try to keep a quarterback healthy through at least one game. So again, that, that may have been a little, a little hard overhead, uh, on, on that pick there. But again, I, you can't guarantee that Arizona State's going to have a quarterback go all the way through. And we just saw with Stanford, the starter through for, I think 19 yards against USC, because again, knocked out early because of that, that USC pass rush that has been much improved this year. Uh, to last
1: him, year bear alexander will be hunting yeah. <laughs> he yeah. uses his term, they will be hunting
0: yeah and so before we leave third down i want to get your your shot at a couple numbers that i have here and it's specifically usc offense so no no usc running back this year has double digit carries marshawn lloyd has carried the ball nine times twice this year do they start going to him? Does Austin Jones like do, so? So that number nine, does a USC running back get more than nine carries? Do they go into double digits in this one?
1: It's possible, but you have to take into account, you know, if SC's bigger fish are ahead of them, Colorado, you know, you don't want somebody hurt in the ASU game. So you don't maybe give somebody the ball 15 times a game for what? To, to prove what? So I say. They're probably going to space it out. I don't want to say limit, but space it out. As soon as they get a lead, I'm sure you'll see Joyner in there. Barlow will be in there running the ball. And that's certainly going to, you know, give them, you know, some reps. But by the same token, it's going to save Jones and and, and Lloyd from any potential. You don't want to think in terms of injury, but you don't want to take a chance knowing that you're probably going to win this game handily.
0: Yeah. I mean, that it's so tough to play with any kind of thought of, of, oh, they could get hurt or anything like that. Like you, you can't play like that. Travis Dye got hurt against Colorado in a, in a kind of blowout, nothing terrible Colorado team, uh, last year. And, and that hurt the USC running game quite a bit. The other number here, which I think is interesting. All the success passing. That Caleb Williams and this USC offense has had all year, all the receivers everywhere. Nobody on this team yet through three games has five receptions in a game. Eight times a a USC receiver has four catches in a game. And they, they did it five times against Stanford. There were, there were five guys with four catches. Does somebody record five receptions against Arizona State? Again, first, that'd be the first time any USC receiver gets five catches in a game this year.
1: Well, again, I think you have to apply the same logic to the running back, to the receivers to the running backs. Uh, remember, you got a couple of guys from Arizona State, Arizona. You got the Singer, right? Deuce Robinson. You want to make them a little bit happy. Brendan so Rice
0: going back there too.
1: Brendan Rice, yes. And you say to yourself, at what point do we call off the dogs in terms of, you know, looking down the schedule? You know, keeping everybody healthy. Hate to use that term again. So you know you might see uh you know a bigger rotation. I think they'd like to cut the rotation a little bit. But the the point is is in this game uh I don't know if someone's going to get 5. If someone got 5 in my opinion it would be Singer or maybe Rice, maybe uh and they'll and then you know they'll they'll rotate younger guys in there.
0: You know, I thought it was interesting this week. Dennis Simmons talked about you know cutting the rotation. Then he was asked like, what number looks good to you in terms of the rotation and and how many guys do you want to play. And he said seven or eight. And when you start looking through, it, it, when you start looking through, so so <laughs> Mario Williams leads the leads the team right now with ten receptions. Then you've got Taj Washington and, and Zachariah Branch. Obviously, those guys are going to be hugely important to the offense. You've got Dorian Singer and, and Brendan Rice on the outside. So you're at five now. you got to find some more. Kyron Hudson is obviously going to be in there, which gets you to six. Deuce Robinson we've seen play a lot late and also some early a little bit there too. Makai Lemon, if he comes back, you know, if he, if he's back fully healthy, he missed a game earlier this year. So it's kind of everybody. I mean, it's kind of everyone. And like well, you he said, said, seven or
1: eight. I go. We're not talking about three to four or five, <laughs> right? Seven or eight,
0: right? What? And Kenny seven Dillingham. Four? Kenny Dillingham said, you know, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of reception spread around. You need to worry about four guys, right? I, I think he said four to five, and and so you know you talk about Mario and Taj and and Zachariah and Singer and and those are and and Brendan Rice too. But again. Even when you list that, you start getting into six and seven and and things like that. So, yeah, i I'm I think that having so many receivers catch so many passes, it just puts a defense in such a tough spot for how how do we defend this? Who do we put if if we're gonna match up, who do we put our best corner on? How do we shade the field this way? What do we do? there just there just is nothing that you can kind of slant anywhere to defensively. To say, well, they like to go this way. They like to go to this guy. It just, everything is just open for this USC offense right now. I mean, it feels like it doesn't just feel like they're playing basketball on grass. It feels like they're playing basketball with like nine guys on the court against your five when they're out there offensively. It is, it is such a, a matchup advantage that USC has right now offensively.
1: Well, when you look at the, the yards after catch, I mean, Taj Washington can score from anywhere. I think it's more scary when they catch the ball because they turn into, you know, everyone starts looking like branch, maybe not the top end speed branch, but you know, they get it. They're going. So you better be around the ball to tackle them as soon as they catch it or you got big problems.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's go into our fourth down here. And we talked about numbers a lot there. We're going to do one more on on fourth down. That's the, the number or the statistic for you that jumps out heading into this one. What's your number?
1: I think 17, because I don't think that Arizona State should score more than 17. Uh, And that's what I'm looking at. Uh, Another number I I might secondary look at is sacks, to see how many sacks they can get uh, uh, in this environment. They're getting better. I think that, you know, Bear Alexander's really, really good. Uh, And he doesn't have to really get a sack, but I think he's about due to knock somebody's head off. And I think that, uh, you know, Arizona state might be the unfortunate recipient, or I should say drew pine, you know, finding out that when he gets to you, it's not going to feel good.
0: Yeah. My number is eight. Uh, That is USC's enforced penalties per game through three games. And like Riley talked about, that's a focal point, right? That's a focus. And, And he doesn't want to eliminate penalties. His, And he's said this since he got here, you can find really, really good teams that commit few penalties. You can also find really, really good teams that commit a lot of penalties. And it depends on what kind of penalties you're committing. He's going to be okay with most kind of aggressive, you know, best foot forward, all of that stuff, playing hard penalties. He talked about kind of the careless ones. I think that the after the play penalties, some of those things, uh, it was clear that, that he's bothered by some of that stuff. And so there's, there's been a lot of, you know, offensive holding. There's been a lot of special teams penalties. There was one after, uh, the interception there. And, and so curious if they can bring it down a little bit. Arizona State historically has been a team that can kind of, Goad you into some penalties, but Arizona State is, is right now at the top of the conference in terms of fewest penalties per game tied with, tied with Oregon State. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. Again, I talked about kind of the, the numbers, the bottom four teams in terms of penalties per game in the Pac 12 right now, Washington, USC, Colorado, Oregon. So it's not as if those are the bad teams that are down there. But USC has shot itself in the foot a little bit and the offense has been so good that first and 50 is probably manageable for, for the schedule they've played so far. Uh, but it won't be in South Bend. It won't be in Eugene, right? So that, that's kind of the focus at this point. And I'm curious how clean they can play in, in all phases, right? Uh, in terms of turnovers on offense, defense getting lined up. And then when it comes to penalties, too, I think is going to be uh, a really interesting interesting kind of facet of, again, a game where we're talking about if SC's up by 30, 35, 40 going into half. I don't think it would be a massive surprise to either of us. No, no, no. So that's our look, our four downs look uh at number five USC going out to the desert. Again, first road trip for USC. First time they're gonna be in the in the white uniforms uh this season, the number five Trojans taking on Arizona State. That's our look at at it through four downs. Make sure you stick around with We Are SC after the game. We'll have our five things game review. And then throughout the week, you know, on Tuesdays, we drop inside the Trojans huddle led by Greg Katz here. So for Greg Katz, for Eric McKinney, thanks very much for watching. We are SC. Thanks for watching four downs. Enjoy USC, Arizona state this weekend.